Support for Across the Blue Ridge comes from Great Outdoor Provision Company, providing outdoor clothing, equipage, and gifts for adventure. GreatOutdoorProvision.com It's Across the Blue Ridge, the great little show that nearly everybody loves. I'm Paul Brown. That manlin' boy In my dreams I can see you, darling In the gingham dress You look so neat I long to feel Your arms around me And to kiss your lips so sweet She's my rose of old Kentucky I'll watch her bloom as the year rolls by And I know there'll never be another Gonna love her till the day I die Sweet fiddle now I've missed your love and need you so But from now on we're gonna dream together From your loving arms I'll never go Yes, she's my rose of old Kentucky I watch her bloom as the year old mine And I know there'll never be another Gonna love her till the day I die My Rose of Old Kentucky, a song by bluegrass pioneer Bill Monroe performed there by Doc Watson and his band on Across the Blue Ridge. I'm Paul Brown. Glad to have you along for this episode where we'll experience a little of the impact of Arthur Lane Doc Watson of Deep Gap, North Carolina, on succeeding generations of musicians. Our performers from a Muddy Creek Music Hall show in July of 2017 will be the Piney Woods Boys, Wayne Martin, Jim Collier, and Matt Haney at Margaret Martin. Over the years, I've heard more stories from people about Doc Watson's having gotten them started in Roots music than any other single artist. Whether through a chance meeting, seeing him perform live, or listening to recordings, people searching for something real, something elemental, could be swept up in Doc's aura of friendliness and openness and his magnificent musicianship. Our performers are among those people. Doc Watson was born in 1923 in Deep Gap, North Carolina, in the Western Mountains. He lived more than 89 years to 2012 and was blind due to an eye infection from before his first birthday. 
Emerging from a family of musicians, he was a brilliant musician himself with his flexible, rich voice and on harmonica and numerous stringed instruments. As a young man, he played everything from the old mountain songs of his family to rockabilly and jazz he'd heard on radio and records. Playing locally to help support his family, he crossed paths with the folklorist Ralph Rinsler and others in the early 1960s, who, when they realized he knew real old-time songs and tunes, as well as whatever pop music he was playing to get by, helped him establish a career that took him around the world and made his a household name among people who liked folk music. It was extraordinarily difficult for him at the start because he could not see and he had not traveled much. In an interview during the early days of Merlefest, the festival named for his son, I asked him why he'd done it. He responded simply, I did it for the love of my family. He was not one to take a handout if he could avoid it. Once, when I went to his home, I found him putting some finishing touches on a wood frame building he had built largely alone. The construction was the most straight and true one could imagine. I was then, and remain today, in awe. Let's go to Muddy Creek Music Hall. Here's my introduction to the Piney Woods Boys and Margaret Martin, and then we'll hear some great music through the hour and some wonderful stories here on Across the Blue Ridge. Wayne Martin, Jim Collier, Margaret Martin, Matt Haney have been great musicians all around North Carolina and the Piedmont up into Virginia. They've visited a lot of people over the years and they have a wonderful store of knowledge and stories of the Watson family. When we think about Doc Watson and how many people he has affected through his music and his wonderful personality, someone like that doesn't come along every day. There are a lot of good musicians out there, but the ones who combine excellent musicianship with a deep regard for the past and for tradition and happen to possess the personal qualities that make them into intimate yet skilled performers who can make you feel if you're in a stadium of 3,000, auditorium of 3,000 people, that you're sitting right there in his living room. Those folks are rare, and Doc Watson was certainly one of those people. And so, I wanted to bring these folks here to do a show for Across the Blue Ridge at Muddy Creek Music Hall to give us a sense of where Doc Watson came from and what it was like to be around him in the days before he was a megastar of sorts in acoustic music. Who were his family? Who were his friends? What was the music that they played? What did it sound like? Where did all this come from? So right now, I want you to put a big, Muddy Creek Music Hall, across the Blue Ridge, welcome together for the Piney Woods Boys with Margaret Martin. And we will find out a little bit more. Thank you. 
to be a working so hard. I got a gal in the rich folks yard this morning, this evening, right now. Chicken now, I don't give a this morning, this evening, right now. Well, how many biscuits can you eat this morning? Well, how many biscuits can you eat this evening? Well, how many biscuits can you eat? Forty-nine and a half of meat this morning, this evening, right now. If that ain't a hot place, look out, boys, this morning, this evening, right now. Well, how many biscuits can you eat this morning? How many biscuits can you eat this evening? Well, how many biscuits can you eat? Forty-nine and a ham of meat this morning, this evening, right now. Can you eat 49 and a ham of meat this morning, this evening, right now? Tiny Woods Boys with Margaret Martin. Here's Wayne Martin after their performance of How Many Biscuits Can You Eat? Well, thank you so much. We are the Piney Woods Boys and uh, with Girl. <laughs> Make welcome Margaret Martin. You know, uh, it, Paul was giving an introduction about Doc Watson. It was, and that he is absolutely right. You know what an amazing, uh, talented, unique person he was. We got together because of his music um, that we heard in the early '70s, late '60s and early '70s, and that was at a time before um, Americana music had made it onto the scene. So at that point. Doc had been, um, uh, the way I would describe it is, is, is riffing more from um, out of the tradition that he had been part of. You know, he had played rockabilly, he had done a lot of things, but there were some uh, folklorists and others who had pointed him towards um, looking at his roots, and he looked at them, and then he uh, brought in his family and his neighbors and uh, he used his own unique creativity to, cre to really make something that was quite new. And that enchanted us. So that's what got us into the music. And so about five years ago, we, Jim and Matt and I decided to start playing together because that's the music that inspired us. So anyway, the, you heard uh, how many biscuits. 
that Jim Collier, banjo playing the banjo there, had learned from Arnold Watson, Doc's brother, when Jim supposedly left high school to go to college up in Appalachian State. I think he went about two weeks, and then he threw his algebra book out of the window of his car. And calculus. Calculus, calculus book, sorry. He was advanced, yes. Threw it out the window of the car and went over to stay with the, at the Watson's house and uh, played music with um, Arnold and uh, his, uh, his family and, and extended family and Gaither Carlton. So we want to play a couple of pieces from Gaither Carlton right now. Gaither was Doc's father's father-in-law, and we're going to put three together. That um, one's called uh, Tucker's Old Barn. Then the second one is Sheep's in the Meadow, and then I think the third one will be Muddy Roads. <laughs>
That last song, and whoever wants to talk about this may, may might, might be you, Jim, but you know that last little trio of, uh, of tunes sounds, sounded just so much like an old-time house party. It really, really did. And we hear so much processed music these days that it was very interesting to me to sit there and listen to something that really, really sounded like one of the old mountain house parties. And Jim Collier, I was wondering if you could tell us now that uh, we know that you threw your calculus book out the window to hang out with the Watson family, though we should note you still became an outstanding engineer without the calculus. What were those days like? How did you encounter the Watsons? Tell us a little about that. Well, I, uh, I got interested in banjos and that uh, essentially music, music that was made on the banjo as a kid and used to watch wrestling on TV and after that the Martha White show came on so I was used to hearing Earl Scruggs and then anything that had a banjo to do with it I just loved the way that sounded so I all through high school sort of gravitated away from rock and roll and into sort of things that were more folky and so I, I had this um, I guess this encounter with uh, a friend of mine who uh, had a friend who had a banjo, and it was like, oh my God, he's got a banjo. And it's like, you know, every time I'd go by to go to my friend's house, I'd go and sneak in the room and just touch it, you know. So I was this already set up for this, and it was it was easy to fall into the the, the trap of this music, you know. I had a had an opportunity to to have a little money, and I'd go to the record store and I'd buy anything with a banjo on it, and you know. So the, and then I'd had this friend that had gone to see Doc Watson at this place in Raleigh called the Sidetrack, which was like a it was really off limits for most people, but it was a it was a culture club down in the warehouse district of Raleigh, and they would have all kinds of acts. And one of them was uh, Jim Queskin and Maria Moldauer, and they had all these people there. But then they this guy came into my father's store raving about having seen this guy named Doc Watson, this blind guitar player that just he'd never heard anything like it. So that was the name that stuck in my head. And the next record I bought when I got paid was Doc Watson Family. So then. I uh, went to, uh, I was at the state fair and met this guy named Willard Watson who used to make folk toys and he played two or three songs on the banjo and danced and everybody that did anything but dance knew about Willard Watson because he was amazing. So he said, if you're ever up in my neck of the woods, says you come by and see me. And so that was the day I threw the, uh, the calculus book in the back <laughs> of the car and just said, heck with it, I'm going to go see Willard. <laughs> and so I found him and I visited with him all afternoon and he said, now if you'll come back here tonight, he says, you can come and, and you can go with, uh, with Sammy and myself up to, to uh, Paul Greer's house and we'll play some music and you can see what it sounds like. I picked them up and, uh, and this guy, Sammy, who I didn't know who it was, I recognized the countenance from the front of that record. It was Arnold. So when I, when I dropped, I dropped uh, Willard off, Arnold says, you got to come home and meet my family. He says, I want you to come and meet my family. So we drove up this driveway and I, th I thought we were going to the moon. And it was, it was probably, I think it's a mile long. It goes like this all the way up to the top, and there's a little light on it at the top of the hill. And I said, that's got to be a star. You know? <laughs> anyway, I went in, and that was the end of it. I mean, they just took to me, and I took to them. And they lived the old-timey way. They had a wood stove. They had outdoor plumbing. They had a spring that was about 150 yards down the hill. And on wash day, they went and took, I don't know, 200-gallon jugs of water, the women of the house, walked down to the spring, filled each one of those up, brought it back up, filled up the ringer washing machine, and did their wash that way. It was the 70s, but it was still like going back in another century. So, long story, but that's how I got up with it. And for folks who don't know, Arnold, it was related to Doc? Doc's, Doc's oldest brother. His oldest brother, yeah. right. Okay, so there we are. Jim Collier on meeting Doc Watson's family back in the 1970s. 
More coming up on Across the Blue Ridge. More stories, more great music. Stay with us. Support for Across the Blue Ridge comes from the Blue Ridge Music Center, presenting and preserving traditional music with weekend concerts, daily midday mountain music performances, and the Roots of American Music Museum exhibit. May through October, Blue Ridge Parkway near Galax, Virginia. BlueRidgeMusicCenter.org. And from the Green Heron Ale House, offering craft ales and live music every weekend. A Blue Ridge Music Trail venue located on the Dan River in North Carolina. Information at GreenHeronAleHouse.com and on Facebook. It's Across the Blue Ridge, produced in collaboration with WFDD Public Radio, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I'm Paul Brown. We're hearing music and emblematic stories reflecting Doc Watson's impact on other musicians, as presented by the Piney Woods Boys and Margaret Martin. Through happenstance and intention, all the members of this band were deeply affected by Doc and his family. The band has taken to offering shows that reflect this. Jim Collier told us at the end of the last segment how he'd met the Watson family and how it changed his life back in the 1970s. Now let's hear Jim lead the song Rude and Rambling Man at Muddy Creek Music Hall. I was a rude and rambling man Bought my ticket to London town To London City I paid my way Spend my money
Pickle my bones in an empty hole Put a marble stone on my head and feet And go tell Becky I'm just so Tiny Woods Boys on Across the Blue Ridge at Muddy Creek Music Hall. Here's Wayne Martin. Thank you. So that, that was a root and rambling man, an old ballad that, you know, Doc uh, came in contact with a really interesting fellow named Clarence Ashley, uh, who was an older generation. And I think... He was one of I the earliest tell, recording stars, really, right. wasn't he, Wayne? Yeah. He was. He was... He was uh, uh, old med show guy and he knew a lot of uh, um, older songs and kind of a uh, how would you describe him Paul I, mean, I won't call him a trickster figure but he was a it was unusual yeah he was a little bit of a he was a little bit of a, a medicine show style performer as you as you said and he's a, he was a comedian to a certain extent he was an old style performer it's hard for people to think about sometimes now but it's only a couple of lifetimes a couple of generations back really that we're getting very very close to the to the medicine show and minstrel era and doc so doc was in coming in contact with these kinds of folks and then uh, the, again these um folklorists were trying to um put him in touch with other performers from that era he had heard of but he hadn't played that much with, including the Carolina Tar Heels. And have you heard of them? Not the basketball team, but the... <laughs> <laughs> but the band, the music The band, group. and... Uh, Check and them that, out on 78s next time you're uh, in the market. <laughs> right, and so they were around, and so they got together. We wanted to do a piece uh, that they did um, called uh, My Homes Across the Blue Ridge Mountains. <laughs> Mountains. 
going back to North Carolina. I'm going back to North Carolina. Never expect to see you anymore. My home's across the Blue Ridge Mountain. Home's across the Blue Ridge Mountain. Home's across the Blue Ridge Mountain. Never expect to see you anymore. song, My Home is Across the Blue Ridge Mountains, Hollywood's Boys. So Margaret Martin, get up to the big microphone there. Were you, weren't you raised in Guilford County, North Carolina? I was. I was born in Durham and moved up the road to Guilford and then ended up at the same high school as these guys and down in Raleigh. Yeah. That's where I kind of fell in love with the music, basically. I listened, growing up in Guilford County, Pop Stoneman, Ernest Stoneman and his right. family had a mm -hmm. show that was broadcast in that area, and that's probably... Was it a TV show or a radio TV show? show? TV Boy, you know... You, I'm you, not that old. We're hearing about all these... <laughs> hear about all these uh, TV shows. Don't you wish TV was that good nowadays in the morning? <laughs> Flatten yeah. Scruggs, Pop Stoneman. It's on YouTube. It would be kind of nice. Yeah, you can go you go hear it on YouTube. But uh, So that's how you got going. Was the guitar your first instrument or the banjo? You've got some nice banjo picking going there. Well, thank you. I, I actually I got a banjo when I was in Raleigh in high school. Mm -hmm. um, I heard a string band play about my first time thing I did at this new high school. A string band was playing, and, and I thought, God, man, I was so inspired. And that one right there was in the string band. Jim so, Collier, yeah, the one and the only, yeah. Pretty, pretty uh, uh, inspirational. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, a uh, friend of mine and I, we just we got the Doc Watson family album and the Essential Doc Watson album. We just about wore those out, and she she came up and she said, uh, "I've got a friend of a friend who's who's gone up to the mountains, and he's met some musicians, and let's go up there and you know, and, and meet some folks." And and so we did. We got a uh, friend of the friend was him. He was up there was playing Jim, with Arnold Watson. Jim, Jim so I did actually. They they took me up to the old home place, and I mm -hmm. got to see the house way up on top of the hill. That, that, that was the inspiration, Paul. Yeah. Priceless. Yeah. Margaret Martin. <laughs> Matt Haney, uh, you came into North Carolina from the Northwest, wasn't it? Well, we moved around for a while, but I mostly grew up in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in a little town called Excelsior, Minnesota which was not, as you can imagine, really a hotbed of this sort of music. But uh, <laughs> um, I was introduced to the music through my parents, basically buying the first two records of uh, uh, Clarence Ashley, uh, Doc Watson family albums on folkways. 
that's how I was introduced to the music, really, in the early 60s. And to be honest, I kind of turned up my nose at, at mm -hmm. to it at first. Uh, I was more into, uh, I guess, Bob Dylan, the Beatles, and Jimi Hendrix, stuff like that. But uh, later in the 60s, I ended up uh, hitchhiking to the Philadelphia Folk Festival. Yeah, I think it was uh, 1969. I had the choice of going to Woodstock or the yeah. Philadelphia Folk Festival. <laughs> this was stupid, because I had a ride to Woodstock. <laughs> but, so anyways, and I heard uh, Bill Monroe, and he had Tex Logan and Kenny Baker on stage with him, and that kind of was the turning point there for me. Um, Changed your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that illustrates the reach of this music, too. I'll tell you what, it, it, it gets all over, and partly, so, so many of these stories of people getting involved in old time and traditional bluegrass music involve accidents of happenstance. It, it really one was way that, or another. yes. And so, uh, so there it is, you just decided not to go to Woodstock, and now look. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's playing the fiddle, the banjo, and the guitar, and singing old no, songs. No, banjo. no banjo. No banjo. No, no, no. no. <laughs> That's what he's, he's not going to claim the banjo. For, I tried once. My brother, well, we had all this competition. All our, my brothers and I all started playing at the same time. There was, yeah. Well, let's hear a little more music from the Piney right. Woods boys and Margaret Martin. Matt Haney there. Let her eyes be blue or brown 
back Back to New Orleans My race is almost run Gonna spend the rest of my wicked life Beneath that rising sun Mr. Jeff Collier. Piney Woods Boys and Margaret Martin, House of the Rising Sun, our show focusing on Doc Watson, the people who influenced him, and the folks he's influenced. Here's Wayne Martin. That song was um, another Clarence Ashley piece, and I think that was the place where that got started, and you've probably heard countless covers of that song since that time. When I was young, it was the animals. Yeah. <laughs> and others I hear have done it since that time. Wayne Martin talking about Doc Watson and one of his influences, Clarence Ashley. And here is the late Clarence Ashley with an old time song sung with his banjo, Walking Boss. I belong, I belong, I belong to that steel driving crew. Work one day. Work one day, just a day, then go lay in the shanty too. Oh, walking boss, walking boss, walking boss, well, I don't belong to you. I belong, I belong. I belong to that steel driving crew. Well, ask that boss for a job, just a job. He says, son, what can you do? I can pull a jack, line a track, line a track. I can pick and shovel too Work one day, work one day, just a day Then go lay in the shanty too It's Across the Blue Ridge, we're back after a break. Support for Across the Blue Ridge comes from Farm to Feet, 100% America, offering Made in America socks designed and manufactured in Mount Airy, North Carolina, using U.S. materials, U.S. manufacturing, and U.S. workers. Retail locations at farmtofeet.com. It's Across the Blue Ridge. I'm Paul Brown, continuing our Muddy Creek Music Hall show focusing on the impact of Doc Watson. Here once again, the Piney Woods Boys and Margaret Martin, and here's Wayne Martin. I wanted to ask Jim and Matt to do um, the song. It may have influenced me more than any other song to, to play music, uh, listening to the 
Watsons. It was, to me, it was kind of the quintessential mountain tune. Um, it's called the Cuckoo. And it was, um, it's not a ballad really. It was a, it's, it's a series of verses that uh, evoke feelings or, or uh, paint a quick picture and um, this is a, a piece, that, again, that uh, Doc Watson heard Clarence Ashley uh, play, and, and he had actually, I think, recorded it back when he said he was one of the early recording artists. But then Doc came along and added um, his particular backup to it. And uh, you guys ready? Yeah. The Cuckoo. I play cards in Spain. I 
Jim Collier and Matt Haynes. The Cuckoo. Piney Woods boys on Across the Blue Ridge with the Cuckoo, and here once again, Wayne Martin. A few years ago, I got to acquainted with uh, Gaither Carlton's son, Jay. He lives in Happy Valley, and more about that in the next song, but Happy Valley is between Wiltsboro, basically, and Patterson, which is right outside of Lenore. And it's a very interesting uh, place where the Atkin River traverses that valley. And anyway, I, uh, Jay Carlton, and so he brought, uh, one day we were in that area and he brought his dad's fiddle um, to let me play. So I had a, and, and when I opened the case, there were the, uh, the tickets for the Newport Folk Festival from 1962 and from the Ash Grove in California. You know, it was just amazing. So I don't know if the, when the last time the fiddle had been played, but Jim had a band with Arnold and Gaither and they used to play in, was it radio stations in Lenore? Mm -hmm. On the Sunday, yep. what was it, a Sunday morning? Yeah, it was mostly reading the shut-in list, but we did have a few teams here. <laughs> it's always start out with somebody crinkling the paper in front of the microphone and <laughs> telling who was sick. But this is one of the uh, Gaither's and wonderful tunes called Down the Road. And I think of it as like a quintessential mountain tune, too.
down the road from the Piney Woods boys. And uh, if you're a frequent listener to Across the Blue Ridge, you've heard a song every now and then called Eye to Red. And every now and then you might have even heard Flattened Scruggs play another one down the yeah, road, yeah. which is very, very similar. It's all the same family of songs. So next time you hear one of those, you can look back to the mountains of North Carolina and the Watson family, and uh, it's an old time dance and sing, sing along tune. There it is. Paul, Wayne Martin, we, back again. We want, Paul, we want to try one that we've just recently added to our set, but it's a very, actually a very old North Carolina ballad, probably the most famous North Carolina ballad. It's the ballad of Tom Dool and Laura Foster. Um, I mentioned Happy Valley. There's a Fiddler's Convention there on Labor Day weekend. But Happy Valley is where all those events took place, right after the Civil War, 1865, I think, or 66. And uh, getting to know people up there, they've, they've taken uh, us you know, to the place uh, where Tom Dula met Laura Foster, the cabin where she supposedly, or the site of the cabin where she supposedly lived, um, the home place of Ann Melton, who was the, the triangle, what the third point in that triangle or whatever. Uh, the place where they found Laura Foster's body, and the place where Laura Foster is buried is actually at the Fiddler's Convention. But we're going to try this. This is, uh, this is a really great song. It's uh, up there in Happy Valley. People look at this song as like a, this is what happens when young people make bad decisions. You know, they, they look at it as a tragedy of youth rather than what it became during the folk song era. So. Worse than throwing your calculus book out the back. <laughs> <laughs> so. Let's see if we can. Uh, okay. Uh, one, two, three, four. Left her by the roadside and you hit her clothes and shoe. Then you took her on the hillside, said to make her your wife. Took her on the hillside, then you stopped her with your knife. Hang down your head, Tom Dula, hang down your head and cry. Kill poor Laurie Foster, poor boy bound to die. Four feet wide, dug it three feet deep Pulled the cold clay over her and tromped it with your feet It's trouble, oh, it's trouble, a-rollin' in my breast As long as I'm a-livin', boys, ain't never gonna rest Hang down your head, Tom Dula, hang down your head and cry Kill poor Laurie Foster, poor boy, bound to die This world and one more 
wondering where do you reckon I'll be? Hadn't been for Grayson, I'd been in Tennessee. Now I know they want to hang me, tomorrow I'll be dead. Though I never even touched a hair on poor little Laurie's head. Hang down your head, Tom Dula, hang down your head and cry. Kill poor Laurie Foster, poor boy, you're bound to die. Take down my old violin and play it all you please. This time tomorrow, it'll be no use to me. This time tomorrow, well, where do you reckon I'll be? Down in the lonesome valley, boys, hanging from a white oak tree. Hang down your head, Tom Dula, hang down your head and cry. Kill poor Laurie Foster, poor boy, you're bound to die. Tom Dula and Down the Road from the Piney Woods Boys with Margaret Martin on Across the Blue Ridge, our program considering the impact of Doc Watson, the late Doc Watson of Deep Gap, North Carolina, on so many musicians of succeeding generations, including members of the Piney Woods Boys, all of whom were deeply influenced by this remarkable musician from Western North Carolina. And here are Jim Collier and Wayne Martin with their take on what made Doc Watson a truly great musician and so influential. Well, I think, you know, in my opinion, Doc Watson had it all, and, and I didn't know what it all was at that point in my life, but, I mean, if you look at what he could do, the musician, the musical prowess or instrumental prowess, his, his repertoire of incredibly moving and happy and funny and all kinds of songs, you know, just he had a wealth of that stuff. and. Just, you know, endless energy, uh, great, and never anybody better on stage, as far as I'm concerned, for this type of music. And I don't know, I just, I think he had, he just, he was the complete package, and that was what, there were so many things that, that drew you to him, because, I mean, you, the singing was great, the songs were great, everybody wanted to play like Doc Watson. I mean, his guitar playing was, at the time, and still is to me, because... They've added a lot in notes since Doc Watson quit playing. And, you know, they don't mean anything. But Doc's all meant something. If you met Doc Watson in person, he could be a little stoic. Mm -hmm. But I in think... In the sense of a little bit uh, quiet? Yeah, quiet yeah, little, and... and uh, he wasn't giving anything away immediately. Right. Yeah. But I don't think there's many people who could access their emotions as quickly as he could. Mm -hmm. They were right under the surface. Do you know the Kruger brothers? Yeah. Well, they um, they said, Yen said something to me one time I thought was really true. He said, Doc Watson had the greatest focus of any musician he's ever met. Mm -hmm. So when he decided to focus in on something, he focused in on it. And when he had those emotions right at the surface, he could, he could bring it, you know. He really did a great service in popularizing this music. 
for millions of people. Wayne Martin, executive director of the North Carolina Arts Council, along with Jim Collier there, both of the members of the Piney Woods Boys, along with Matt Haney and Margaret Martin in this performance, featuring the music of Doc Watson and looking at his impact on musicians young and old around the world. Paul Brown here for Across the Blue Ridge. Remember, keep on the sunny side. It'll help us all on our way. Check our website for more information about this and other programs, acrosstheblueridge.net, and we will catch up with you next time. Thanks for listening. Support for Across the Blue Ridge comes from Great Outdoor Provision Company, providing outdoor clothing, equipage, and gifts for adventure. GreatOutdoorProvision.com